0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk Graham. And I'm here co-hosted next to Logan Ketterling. We're back together. Back in action. Brand new year. Brand new me. Am I right? Oh, yeah. I was talking
1: with uh, Taylor Hines, and he's the one who mixes and masters the audio for the River Valley Podcast. And he said, nothing clips like a Kirk Graham yell on the River Valley Podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what I clipping agree.
1: means, it means that it is... Uh,
0: Loud. It's loud. just loud. Yeah, I'm breaking the microphone that I'm speaking into. We're back together. New year, new you. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, super excited. We, we we just had an amazing vision weekend where Pastor Rob was casting vision for the church. Now we know uh, we're out of a take ground year into a 247 year. There First th- time we've done numbers.
1: There were 13 days I had no idea what to do. I was like, we're not taking ground anymore, and I wasn't sure what, what we were doing.
0: But I, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you just wait. You just sit and wait. That's good leadership is just sit. No, I'm just kidding. Not eating food is just, it was crazy, man. No, we're doing, I mean, we're doing what we're always doing. Church was still happening. Lives are still Here's being changed. Here's what was awesome
1: it was negative 30 wind chill this weekend. And I think attendance was up over last year. <laughs> hey,
0: I, you know, I'm not hating. Some churches cancel their services. And we've had, it's been an easy winter so far here in Minnesota. And I'm re- I'm ready for some negative 30. No? No. I mean, we're in it right now. Honestly, I feel I feel like I was made for it. I'll say this, we've got chickens in our backyard and it was negative 11 and I thought I th- I think they might freeze to death. I don't like I don't know if they're going to make it. Next next morning, le- this was a, the first night of like super cold. Next morning, they were all out there just walking around, having a great time. Chickens are resilient. I'm not kidding, dude. I, I, I'm shocked. That's but crazy. My wife did feel bad for him, so we went and got some heat lamps. Hmm. We're helping him out. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: My dogs, their paws when they come inside, they're just—I mean, they're outside for like a 60 seconds. They need talons. That's yeah. why.
0: Yeah, talons. Those suckers don't freeze. I—I'm not a farmer, but I'm just throwing it out there. My chicken experience this year—I'm just flabbergasted that they can live they can live out there negative 11. I mean it can understand a horse. But a chicken?
1: How how can you understand a horse? Like what how does that make sense?
0: Just more body mass, I guess. Uh. Just like like just feels just looks like a warm animal. A chicken looks a chicken looks like it 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 would not survive, you know.
1: Oh yeah. It's like Nate Bergazzi when he talks about the horse, horses lie down. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah yeah. I, and then that's that's realized that horses horses lay da- lay down when they sleep. <laughs> Nate Bargatze is my favorite comedian just as a side note to everybody listening. He's good. I, I as a pastor with full confidence uh recommend Nate Bargatze.
1: Well his dad's like
0: a pastor like his dad's a clown actually. But he's a
1: Christ, he's a Christian yeah, clown. Oh yeah, a Christian clown. I think he does like Christian clown stuff in prisons. <laughs>
0: Listen, praise God for the ministry.
1: Oh yeah, what a vision weekend, vision yep. message. Mm-hmm. We got uh, we got a bunch of goals. I think the the most shocking one to the congregation, which I think is the most exciting one actually. Yep, is not only do we want to see five thousand hands raised in the church. Yep, we want to see five thousand salvations happen outside the church.
0: Yep, I don't know how to best track that. Somebody asked me how are we to track. Yeah, that? I got asked that. And I was too. like, whoa. Oh. That's a good question.
1: I was like, I don't know that we need to necessarily track it numbers empirically, but anecdotally, like just hearing stories about it. I mean, I guess measure what matters, but I think we we don't want to become like
0: the goal is 5,000. Like how many people have you led to the Lord? Well, I'll say this. There are, on any any given weekend, about 9,000 people that attend our church. When Now you count Vancouver. We're about to launch Lakeville. The church is growing. But the average person comes twice a month, which, if you're listening, how about you come to church more than twice a month? It might be less than twice a month. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, it might be 1.3. I don't know. People, yeah. Come to church. I love church. I'm a church kid. I grew up in it, and I, I come every week also because it's my job. But if you think about it we we have over 18,000 people active in our church active in our database that are involved in some way shape or form um i thought it was like 33 no I, i'm saying it's it's more than that oh, i'm just saying like I, I i'm just, just trying to work in. off some some conservative math Logan, be like quiet. if 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 you can lead one person this year to jesus christ Alongside of eighteen thousand or thirty thousand other people, we are going to smash the goal of seeing five thousand people outside of the church saved. And so, just you know, you hear these large numbers, and it's like, man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could do. It. How about lead one person to Jesus, one neighbor, one family member, one child, uh, one coworker. Lead one person to Jesus, and you could set a higher goal than that if you want, but I'm just saying, let's start with one. Well, Everybody, is,
1: do one. Isn't it crazy that for a lot of people, and this isn't a condemnation, but for a lot of people, that's scary to say, Oh my god, wow! Like if I'm responsible for leading one person to Jesus, and uh, this morning, Pastor Rob was talking about it. He said, Back in the early church, it wasn't all right, hey, come on. Would you come with me to the to the temple and we got some different Galilean guys that are going to be sharing today and uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully uh, well, after they're done sharing what they're saying, you lift the, you lift up your hand and and you 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 say a prayer. Again, that's a it's a tangible way for us to to acknowledge that we're changing something. We're doing something different. It's not the hand raising a hand that saves us. It's the the action that goes alongside of it. But he said that's not what happened in the early church. So why should we be intimidated that we're actually doing what the early church did when it exploded yep. is sharing and saying, hey, here's what I believe. I'm going sh- to preach to you in my neighborhood. I'm going to preach to you at my school. I'm going to preach to you here. Not because we're, we're yelling at them through a megaphone, but because we're saying hey, it's, it's not just the pastor's responsibility. It's all of our responsibility.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We are going to do um we're we're going to do more teaching on evangelism and trying to give handles to the church to be able to Uh, feel confident in their witness and and sharing their testimonies, sharing what God's doing um, in their lives. And I I think, honestly, it's—think about the relationships that you have, the friendships that you have, the neighbors you have, the coworkers you have. These are, I mean, sometimes evangelism means walking up to a stranger. But I'm saying, like, the people that are in your sphere of influence that you have genuine relationship with, that you laugh with, that you cry with, that you talk about sports or politics or life with, like, these are people you know— and i feel like it's not intimidating to have moments of like hey can we talk about faith hey can i ask you 3 questions just about what you believe and and you get you ask me 3 questions and let's right let's talk about something real like like we spend way too much time with people we know just shooting the breeze and talking about the way no isn't, isn't it so cold outside it's so cold can you believe it's cold here it's like it's like yeah it's winter now can we talk about something real I love laughing and having fun but I I think we as a church need to be getting stronger in like what do you believe I've been friends with you for eight years and I have no clue what you believe yeah. And just be confident. Like I don't feel the pressure. Jesus saves people. The Holy Spirit draws people to Jesus. He does it. I'm not afraid of bringing up the conversation and letting the Holy Spirit do what he's going to do. I'm involved. I'm not saying I'm not involved. But I'm saying I, I don't feel the pressure to get somebody saved. I feel the pressure to just start the conversation, to share my testimony, to share what God's done. Like... That's an easy thing, and watch God do it. Real people are really giving their lives to Jesus, and the more that I see that happen, the more testimonies I see of people giving their lives to Jesus, I go, dude, this is real. It's so real, Uh, like... God is, I don't know another way to say it, I'm laughing just thinking about it, like God is real, and he's actually speaking to hearts, and he's actually saving people, and when you realize he's more passionate about seeing people saved than you are, but he wants to use you to bring up the conversation around faith, to say, hey, can I pray for you, well, yeah, you know, And like initiating conversations and see God work a miracle I mean I'm pumped about this year to see who I'm going to lead to the Lord outside of the church and it's a challenge for me as a pastor I get to do altar calls in the church but honestly I'm reassessing the way we've talked about that I'm reassessing the way I utilize social media because we had a, we had Myra come to church. She got saved after watching a video on social media. I'm not saying that's the only way I'm going to lead people to the Lord outside of the church. I'm praying for my neighbors. We're in a new neighborhood. Uh, 2023, we moved. We're in a brand new neighborhood with people that live around us. There are people that love the Lord in our neighborhood. We know that. And they know we're pastors, but then there are also families that we've yet to meet. There are other families that we know are not living for Jesus. I'm so excited to see how God's going to use us this year to lead our neighbors to Jesus.
1: Yeah, I wanted to say, don't be a chicken and and not invite your neighbor, but or that be I a learned, chicken. Yeah, be I a chicken about the
0: resilience. Be a chicken and get resilient, get be resilient. in sh- sharing your faith with the people that are around you. Don't just start with the strangers. Start with people well, you th- know.
1: I think that's the biggest misconception about personal evangelism and it a lot of people think oh evangelize they think go on the street corner with one of those signs and a megaphone and stand next to the people after the Vikings game and shout, you know, you're all going to hell. And I just I don't I don't think that's what god is calling all of us to do especially in a nation where churches are they're commonplace people are familiar with the faith i mean at the time in in scripture it's brand new i mean judaism is the the religion and there's there's obviously a lot of pagan religions but they're telling them no this messiah that you've been waiting for is here it's a new thing yeah yeah and so they shared on the street corners, but they were talking to who their neighbors, their friends, their fellow Jews, yep. people in their community, and then others went out and became apostles in the, the other nations and had to talk to them. And I love what Paul says when he goes to the Greeks. He said, you have one stone here for the unknown God, and I'm here to reveal who he is. He used contextual things. And so yep. maybe there's things, hey, you, you think God is is sports, or you think God is fame, or you think God is money, or you think God is this, but I'm here to tell you about my story how i found fulfillment in this, and I actually watched a documentary yesterday. I'm like a nerd when it comes to these things. I love watching many YouTube documentaries. I watched, I think I watched three yesterday. We had, you know, just... You get a little time off. Just, just hanging out. And uh, I watched one on C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis was an atheist, so he grew up Christian, went to the war, was an atheist, and was talking to a friend from school at Oxford, J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote Lord of the Rings. Just a couple of buddies. Yeah, just a couple of buddies. And J.R.R. Tolkien is a Christian. C.S. Lewis is an atheist. And he's like, you cannot convince me. You cannot convince me. They went on walks as friends and just talked about theology, talked about reason, talked about all these different things. And sure enough, after a while, C.S. Lewis, after his conversations with J.R.R. Tolkien, becomes a Christian. Ends up becoming one of the most prolific Christian authors and theologians in modern history yep, because his friend was willing to sit down and have a discussion with him. And in his journal, C.S. Lewis actually wrote that they would joke that you know these these Irishmen, and I, I don't know if J.R.R. Tolkien's Irish, but uh, C.S. Lewis was, and they'd go out to the pub and they'd sit there at the pub talking about theology, God, and everything, and all their friends would come around and they'd just all sit and talk about it and they'd debate and have these conversations. And, and maybe you're not at Oxford. But you're in your neighborhood, and I do think you're right. What you brought up earlier is, I think a lot of times we we settle for the superficial. Yep. We settle for the. I mean, how many conversations do you have with your neighbors that are the exact same conversation every time? Hey, how's work going? Oh, it's going good. How are the kids? They're doing good. Are they doing good. You know what movies you've seen recently? Or or hey, good. I saw you shovel the other day. Would you shovel mine next time? Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. And you leave it at that. And meanwhile, they're going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And the most important thing in your life that you serve for, that you give thousands of dollars to, that you go on global teams for, you're going around the world. It's like it's not even a whisper. And I'm I'm talking about myself as well, but all of us. We the most important thing in our life is it the thing we talk about the most? Yeah, yeah.
0: you'd hope so. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. I I think also we just the intimidation comes from the fact that. or or another place that we feel intimidated is thinking that people are, they're so secular. They're so far gone. They're so pagan that you're, you're just a Christian weirdo to them. And I I know for me, I grew up in the church and I had a season in high school where I was running from the Lord. And during that, those four years of high school, when I was doing my own thing, I knew I was doing the wrong thing. I knew I was in the wrong place. I knew that I was selfish. I knew that my ways were leading me towards, a life of pain and and uh, shame, and you know, I was just I, and I was trapped in it. So why did you keep doing it? Well, what do you mean?
1: Why'd you like? Why'd you stay in it? Like you knew?
0: I, I I think I literally think I was selfish. I like I wanted my way over God's way. Like I I wanted to explore. I wanted to run. I wanted to whatever. The point I'm making though is there are people in our lives that were raised in the church that are currently in that season, and I and I'm not I'm not putting this I'm not putting the blame on anybody else, but I know that if I had somebody confront me saying, What are you doing? You were made for more of this. And the reason I know it is because I had a friend that threw me up against a garage door when I was a senior in high school and said, You need to stop living like this. And it was like a God moment for me. I was like, wow, God is speaking through my friend to get my attention that the way that I'm living is gonna kill me. And and it led me toward repentance. And so I, I think there are people in our life that they know they know the way they're living is wrong. They know they're feeling they're they're feeling shame. And some of them they like I, I remember having a pastoral moment with uh, somebody, they asked me to officiate their wedding and they were boyfriend, girlfriend, engaged now and but they were living together. And I told him, hey, i the only way that I'm going to be able to officiate your wedding is if you put Jesus at the center of your relationship, the center of this marriage, and if you first have a period of time where you are not living together. I think it's the best way for you to start your marriage off on the right foot, living in purity. I'm not here to talk about what's happened in the past. I'm here to talk about from what happens at this table moving forward, this meeting that we're having, this conversation moving forward. And I'm if you want me to do your wedding, to officiate your wedding, I'm, I'm encouraging you to move out. You don't have to move out the coffee maker. Pack a bag for the next however many months. Like, find somebody. I was telling the guy, find somebody to just... You sleep on the floor it's the greatest gift you could ever give your future wife is starting your marriage in purity anyways they're crying at the table saying we knew that the way we were living was not the right it wasn't in the right order and 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 we did not have the strength in ourself to make the change we are gonna we're gonna figure this out. we're gonna move out whatever I officiated the wedding they're still married today it's all good but I'm saying there's so many people in our lives that they're waiting for somebody and it might be you to help put a fork in their road, not to put shame on them, but to cast vision for a greater future and you might lead somebody to the Lord literally because they're just waiting for it. They're just waiting for you to present the opportunity to put the fork in their road to cast some greater vision. Vision in Jesus Christ, and I, I think that that not all of the fruit is like up. Uh, you know, it's there. There is low hanging fruit around us that people are just they're waiting to get saved, and they need you. Well, what you just
1: said, they I didn't have the strength to do it on my own. I think there are so many people that find themselves there. I don't have the strength to do it on my own, and how. How difficult is it for most people, especially Minnesotans, to push through the awkwardness or the uncomfortable to, to actually tell somebody the truth, the yeah. hard truth? Easy truth is, is easier, but the hard truth to say, hey, I'm willing to put my friendship on the line with you. I'm willing to put my reputation on the line. I care about you so much that I'm willing to bring this up. So few people are willing to do that. And some people are going to walk away and go, I can't believe you said that. Yeah, yeah. But I think many will say, I can't believe you cared enough to push through that difficulty and and be willing to bring it up. Again, in love. Yep. But I love how you said you become this fork in the road to say, I'm going to be with you over here. You're welcome to go back that way. Yep. And you may have to put fork after fork after fork and go after it. But I think it's so true. And you, you know, last week we heard Michaela talk about that with her and Calvin. Yep. And... I think that, you know, hearing other people's stories and sharing your own story is a huge way for us to to help people. And I know you you, speaking of Michaela last week, uh, you had another conversation about kind of stepping out and being bold and making uh, making a decision as a family to say, hey. We want to live and be obedient for what God's asked us to do. Yeah, we're
0: going to listen to a story from Scott and Joe Beth Thompson as they uh, share what God spoke to them during 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting last year. And uh, they've been on this journey. Now they're getting ready to be a part of our 500. they got four young kids. They're moving from Minnesota to uh, the region of the world, South Asia. There's billions of people there that need Jesus. And so be inspired by this story that God can speak to you during 21 days in prayer and fasting, giving you a clarity about your future uh, confirmation. And specifically this week, we're, we're really focused on favor, that God's hand of favor is on your life throughout this next year, just like it has been on the Thompsons in their process, hearing from God, raising funds, and now getting ready to go to the other side of the world. Let's listen to this story. Well, Scott and Joe Beth, I'm so excited to be able to share your story with the church. And uh, we're just going to jump in. Would you introduce yourselves and your family? Your kids are not here, but who are the Thompsons?
2: Yeah, I'm Scott Thompson. This is my wife, Joe Beth, of 15 years. And we've got four kids yep. Ella, Kate, Sam, and Luke. They're 12, 10. Seven and five. Awesome. How did you guys find out about River Valley and that there's this church that
0: is a life-giving church, spirit-filled church, mission-sending church? How did you find yeah. out about this
2: place? Yeah, Jabeth and I were both raised in the church. I was raised Lutheran, Jabeth was raised Catholic, and so we've, church has always been a part of our lives. Um, but it really didn't start to become a something that we needed to talk about more until our first daughter was born in 2011. And that's where, for, for me, it became this i need to be able to f- raise her in the faith like what am i am i lutheran Am my cat what do i am i and so we struggled with that for a while and i think jabeth was looking for a spiritual leader um, to help guide us in that um, and then about that time is when you met someone who
3: yeah, we uh-huh. met some friends in a baby class when our when our babies were, our oldest were babies. And we were invited to Bible studies and they said, hey, would you come to a new mom Bible study? And so I started doing that. And a lot of the moms um, were from different churches, but a lot of them were from River Valley. Yep. And so we said, you know what? Scott started doing the guys Bible study and we said, you know what? We should start checking out this church. This is where our community is developing and forming and so we started attending River Valley.
0: That's amazing. What was it like you know as you, as you make River Valley your home, what was kind of happening in your family and in your own lives just in regards to being alive in Christ and building community? What has God done in your life
2: while being here? When we first started coming back in 2013, um, like she mentioned, we weren't even we were just getting into life groups and, and getting into groups like that. and that's for where it really started was getting in community, being yeah. around other believers and other believers in the same season of life. Um, and then it just started to become this progression after getting in life groups, we felt that call to be water baptized. And so yep. we got water baptized. We had been as infants, but yep. felt that we needed to make that decision ourselves. Um, and, and our, we de- started to dedicate our children too. after the, we are, our latter two boys were dedicated. So, uh, we started to follow the path of what, what the church, um, believes is the right path for, for believers to follow. And so we started to follow that and, um,
3: we really started getting involved too. I think we weren't here. We were here a couple weekends, and then we had a friend say, "Hey, do you, will you join our greeting team?" And so we started greeting. And you know, um, I kind of feel like it was just one step after the other. Um, yes. And God just kept opening doors for us and asking us to do um, little steps of obedience.
0: Oh yeah, and all the way up to uh, serving as deacons at Apple Valley, um, and your family—it really has been pillar leaders at our Apple Valley campus, and I'm, I'm grateful for that as I was the, the campus pastor for a period of time. Part of your story is really the call to become part of the 500, and so for
2: those listening, they're finding that out right now, like, oh, this is a family that feels called to be a part of the 500. What are your numbers? 192. I'm 192, she's 193, and then our kids are 94, 95, 96, 97. Awesome. And uh now we're now we're way past two hundred
0: and more people are being called. But you shared, Scott, that you went on a global team in twenty nineteen and felt this sense of calling. What yeah, if you want to share that part of
2: the story, I have a good friend of mine who was really pushing me to go on this global team, and I was afraid. I was. It costs money. It takes off PTO. Like, it just, it just doesn't fit. And he was pushing me hard, and I'm very thankful for that. Now looking back, <laughs> so glad he did. Good, so glad. For Faithful
0: fr- are the wounds of a friend. <laughs> exactly.
2: So he pushed and pushed, and I remember ghosting him on texts, and but finally it came down to like, this is yes, I need to do this. I needed to just sign up for it. Uh, so I went to Haiti in 2019, yep. um, and through that trip is where this process of going started because i I returned from that trip really with two things on my heart um, one was seeing and realizing this was a reached nation they can you can have a church here and yep. and crisis proclaimed and you can do that um, and so that started to feel in this in my heart my conviction for unreached yep. there are places where you cannot do this and for some reason I came back as like I kind of want to go to those places like that's just not and that's just not me um, and so that was something on my heart and then the other thing was just I would never think to go to Haiti and I would think it's too dangerous yep. and it's too scary. And you might, I always thought I was going to get cut on something and come back with a disease and none of that happened. And I just thought God, the message was I'll take care of you. Yes. You can go to these places and you can travel and you can be, you'll be okay. Cause I'll take care of you. So I came back from that trip with a new heart of, yep there are places that don't have access to the gospel and I feel confident that God'll take care of me as I go about and look for these places. So shortly after that, we I came back and we signed up for the the map program.
3: Joe Giovanni- well, There's a little bit of the story that he left out. He got yeah, back. Go <laughs> he got back and he was like, I feel like we need we we might be called to the unreached. And I will admit my heart wasn't quite there right at that moment, because I looked at the map of the 1040 window and I was like, I don't want to raise a family there. Um, But a few, it was a few weeks later, I was invited to go to Zanzibar, Africa on a global team. And so I went um, that fall of 2019. And that's where God aligned my heart with Scott's. Um, It was the first time where the call to prayer is what woke me up every morning, um, where I looked around and just saw masses of people who would never hear about Jesus unless the church sent people to them. And so on that trip, um, I got caught up to where Scott's heart was. Um, And then, yeah, we signed up for the map and started walking through that process.
0: So something that we do every year as a church is 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, where we uh, corporately, for 21 days, we we each, a- and individually, we're seeking God and and just asking for Him to, you know, some people are believing God for a miracle. Some people are looking for confirmation. Um, and really this week during our 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, while people watch this story, uh, this week is kind of about favor. And I, I think there's favor in your story in that you feel the sense of calling but also this confirmation and god's confirmation is this favorite thing i know that i know that i know that this is exactly what we're supposed to do so maybe describe what it, what was it like during 21 days of prayer and fasting what were you asking
2: god for and how did he show up yeah so yeah and leading up to that we had spent the next four years after returning to those global teams figuring out what does it look like to be on the field and starting to get some of our questions answered that was my thing. I I wanna know the plan. I wanna know yep. what are the details are. And I'm not saying yes until it's all what's, laid what's out. What's your profession before? I'm an engineer, a mechanical okay. engineer. So yes, <laughs> it just makes sense. Yeah. I need a plan and it needs to all make sense. And so we had been doing that for four years, yep. figuring it out and having questions answered, answered. And then it finally came to a point where we both felt like we need to decide. Are we gonna do this or not? Are we gonna apply or not? And it happened to be December last year in twenty twenty-three. Yep. I'm sorry, twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um that we just like, we need to decide, like, we need to do this or not? All our questions had been answered. It's now a matter of deciding. And it, it was a struggle between us, to be honest. It was, I, I think she was now more ready to go, and I was hesitant to go. I am
3: not an engineer, so I was yeah. like, let's just jump in and figure it let's, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: and so we needed some unity. And, um, and so what we, it just happened to be the perfect timing of, well, prayer and fasting is coming up in January. Let's, I had thought, let's use that time then to ask God frankly, for a sign. I wanted yep. confirmation. I said, God, I'm going to do this. And I'm not expecting it during it. But at the end of it, I'd like a sign, I'd like yep. something to tell me. Um, and so we did it. We we fasted food for those days yep. uh, for a number of hours. Um, and I think what's cool about our story is that we didn't get that sign. We didn't get that cloud in the sky or that that sign that said, yes, do this. Yeah. yeah. But the what had happened was my heart was more becoming softer and softer. And, and Frankly, more like I can take this risk. I think he's asking me to take this risk. Um, so the sign was kind of like he was changing you. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah, there yeah. wasn't something that I could look at and see and say, "Thank you." That was the answer I needed. It was my heart as I was reading scripture and praying over this. Of like, I think I think he's just asking me to just say yes. Yep. And so that after the twenty-one days of prayer and fasting, then on that that Monday, that next Monday, we applied uh, for that. And what's fascinating, I think, about our story is that we did get a confirmation, and it was after that. So that Wednesday yep. afterward, our, my, the company that I work with had some major changes in restructuring, and it, yep. and um, I kept my job, but a lot of people didn't. And so for me, it was a sign of like, yes, this is not where I have you anymore. Things yep. are changing, and I'm, you made the right choice. I'm you know. So it was, a, it was a faith decision that we had to make there. Yeah, wow. And
0: conversations that you guys had, like, were you, after 21 days of prayer and fasting, were you like, I'm on that page, like, I'm ready to go,
3: let's do this thing? Yeah, well, the <laughs> joke was the first week he'd come home from work, and I'd be like, so did God say anything to you today? Because like, <laughs> I, I was really excited and wanted to apply. And so I was just like, and he was like, no, like, and then I, I felt like I just needed to back off and let God be God yeah, and not wow. try to be the Holy Spirit to my husband and let the Holy Spirit do his job Um, and I think it was like the Saturday or Sunday before the end of 21 days in prayer and fasting and we were at church at a worship night and he leaned over and he goes I think we're going to apply like I just feel this peace that this is what Mm -hmm. we're supposed to do Um, and my heart was right there with his and God had us totally aligned by that point.
0: That's amazing. So you went on a global team to Haiti, you went on a global team to Zanzibar, feel called, feel this confirmation and this new boldness and this kind of risk-taking yes. and faith um, and make yep. the decision. Uh, where, do you, where
2: are you guys going? I mean, what region of the world are you stepping into? We're going to be going to South, uh, South Asia. Yep. Um, there, is, there are billions of people in that area that don't know Jesus and have never heard. And when you guys think about you guys getting ready to go, um, as
0: we're watching this, it's this year that you guys are going. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you feel about going? Where are you guys at right now? And how are your kids doing, getting ready to go?
3: I think we feel excited. I think... it's a supernatural excitement because we're leaving. I mean, there's also a lot of hard emotions, like we're leaving all of our friends and our family and our church. Um, But there is an excitement and a peace that I think is from God that we're walking in his plans for Mm -hmm. our family. Um, And our kids are really, really excited. (laughs) It doesn't quite make sense either because we have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old, and they just are looking forward to going and sharing about Jesus with people their age
4: Mm -hmm.
0: oh it's amazing and I know your kids your kids are amazing and the Thompson family you guys are going to do miraculous things God's going to use you in that part of the world and I just love your story that um, again I, I prayed it right before we pressed record but that a normal family and we're all normal people Mm -hmm. can be used in supernatural ways to advance God's kingdom. And that's what you guys are going to do. And just uh, God's favor has been on your life every step of the way, and his favor will be on your life as you get ready to go. Thanks for telling your story today. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Love the Thompsons and continue to pray for them as they get ready to go. And as we wrap up this this episode now, would love to pray over the needs that are in our church. People are submitting prayer requests every week, and you are welcome to as well, uh, whether you're in our services or on our River Valley app. There's a place for you to just always just be in, in touch with our staff and our pastors and the other people in our church uh, so that your needs are prayed for. Yeah,
1: we love praying with you every week looking at the cards here pregnancy concerns salvation of friends and family members a youth student wants to come to youth but has basketball practice God would you make a way practically to get them here
0: yeah but, I mean I know I know one way like quick, a, quick not, basketball not play basketball
1: we we actually had some sports growing up that uh, there were so many students that would attend youth that they actually changed the practice cadence. So yeah, that's legit. maybe that would happen too.
0: I just think I I know that we're at progress, but I think like yeah, right. My kid's not going to play basketball. Yeah, right. My kid's not going to be in church. Right. Like, I, you know, totally. Every every parent's got to listen to the Lord on that one. But yep.
1: Someone else praying for those looking for employment. Someone else supernatural healing, cancer, mental health, physical bodies. More financial security. Someone else, for people uh, take their next step in serving. Amen. We're with you on that one. Uh, for my son that's being deployed. For the family of a soldier who lost his life this last weekend. For healing and salvation of the mother of the child that we foster. And, of course, we always have praise praise reports as well. Praise for the many blessings in my family. Praise a friend is cancer-free. Amen. Amen praise for my restored marriage incredible these are amazing huge praise a mother of a child we foster is getting baptized it's amazing so someone else is praying for healing and salvation of someone that they're fostering for the mother of their child and someone else saw someone get baptized and a friend someone gave their life to Jesus. We love that. We're praying for salvations. That's really the theme is being obedient to what God has for us, that we are praising. We are praying together. If you have any need, make sure to submit your prayer request. We want to join you in prayer, whether that be through the app or online, we're standing with you, whatever you're facing.
0: So Lord, we pray over each one of these needs and we thank you that you are able to meet them And I love starting with that. Just, God, you're real and you're able to meet needs. You care about your children. You're a good father. And you you see all all of these needs. And uh, some of them are pretty heavy, you know, praying for a family that that lost a loved one that was serving in, in the military. And that's that's huge lord i just pray that a wave of peace would overwhelm them we just pray for healing and physical bodies restoring marriages bringing more people to come to know you jesus as lord and savior um I, I always just feel you know we read these needs and 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 then pray a general prayer god you are you're not just a general god but you're a specific god you're you're you have intimate knowledge of every single need, the big needs and the small needs. And so, Lord, work a miracle this week. We're in the middle of twenty-one days of prayer and fasting, and uh, just spending more time with You. We believe that You have miracles in store. That 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 the the answer to the prayer request would leave heaven and it would enter our now. Lord, let that happen across our congregation. I'm praying specifically for Randy and Nancy, their son Jake. They need a miracle. I'm praying for a young boy, Elijah. Uh, he needs deliverance. Uh, there, there, there's there's needs that I, I'm in relationship with these people, part of our church, Lord. We ask that you would meet every single need. You know them all. You're able to do it. Let it happen. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.
1: Thanks for listening to the River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody we hope that this isn't just for people in our church we hope that this is people far beyond that but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet we're talking about it on the weekends we're sharing it in announcements but maybe you're a listener but someone in your small group is not or someone at your campus so would you send it to them share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast
0: if you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at RiverRallyMN. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, RiverValley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.